verse 9 this morning. Genesis chapter 13, starting with verse 9. All right, is everybody there? Anybody need a Bible? Got plenty if you need one. Just see me afterwards, and I'll make sure you got one free of charge. <clears throat> Genesis 13, verse 9. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord liked the land of Egypt as they came. Thou comest unto Zorah. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the city of the plain, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. But the men of Sodom was wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Amen. And I want to talk to you from this thought today. Which way is your tent pitched? Which way is your tent Father, we love you again today. Lord, we thank you again for your kindness and your mercy and your love towards us, O God. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. I thank you, Jesus. God, there's none like you. You're everything to us, Lord, and you're so much more. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet Heavenly Dove, let us not leave the way that we came, but let us leave changed and renewed and refreshed in the Lord, and we give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name. And you may be seated. Which way is your tent pitch? Amen. Praise God. You know, when we begin to look through Scripture, we find that Abraham and Lot, you know, Lot should have never been with Abraham to start with when you begin to look at Scripture because God told Abraham to leave home and to leave you know, his kindred and, and everything, his family and everything. But he, for some reason, he chose to take Lot with them. And through the process of time, you see, as God began to bless Abraham, Lot was also being blessed as well. And we see that they come to a point where there's starting to be division. And at that division, then they have to make a decision for division. And the Bible lets us know that Abraham says to Lot, Look out and you choose, amen. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right, amen. Abraham desired to have peace uh, between him and his nephew Lot. And so, therefore, we see the value of the importance, amen, to not let strife become a part in our hearts and in our lives. Most time when we begin to look at names through the Bible, we begin to focus on what those individuals did. If I was to say the name Moses, 
most people would immediately think, okay, he's the God that led the children of Israel out of Egypt. Amen. We know that Moses, we hear the name Moses, that he smoked the rock when he should have spoken to the rock. When we mention the name of David, most people immediately correlate David with being the sweet psalmist, or they begin to correlate him with Bathsheba. If I said the name Jacob, most people will say that he stole his brother's birthright and or he's the patriot leader of the 12 tribes of Israel. If I say Judas, most people immediately go to think that the one that betrayed Jesus Christ and most one to name that most people don't want to name their children. Amen. So we think of these names uh, or Abel or Cain, whatever the name is, there's something always associated with the names. And I have had people ask me, Pastor, why is it that all these names are mentioned uh, in the book of Numbers or in the book of Chronicles? Why does God God lists all these people's names. Well, if you study these names, these names, a lot of them have certain meanings uh, attached to them. And some of them has good meanings because a lot of them, their names are correlated with God Almighty to, to allow you to begin to search out the things of God. But we begin to look here today. We see that Abraham and Lot, they divide. And the Bible lets us know that Judge, I mean, Lot chose the plains of Jordan, but Lot pitched his tent, the Bible says, towards Sodom and Gomorrah. It, it, he pitched it that way. You know, a lot of times when we hear even today, and you stop and you think about how long ago that was, but when we hear the name of Sodom and Gomorrah, immediately people uh, correlate that, that, that city and that saying with homosexuality and, and perversion. It, it is, is, is that thinking uh, that took place, and they begin to think that, that God destroyed it for that. But there's more to the story than just that. If you were to look at Ezekiel 16 and verse 49 and 50, Ezekiel tells us a little bit more. He gives us a little bit more insight as to why God really destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Ezekiel 16, verse 49, he says, Behold, this it was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride, full of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy, and they were haughty, and commit abominable before me. Therefore I took them away as I saw good. Notice here. Notice what he's saying. This is the reason. They had pride in their hearts. They was full of bread. They had abundance. Somewhat like America, if you want to look at it. Amen. They have economic booming has taken place. They got jobs, jobs, jobs. Education, education, education. Wealth, 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 wealth. She had everything, but she was doing nothing with it. Pride got into her heart. Amen. And we're not careful when things start to boom, when things start to become so good for us, if we're not careful, we can allow pride to 
to get into our hearts and into our minds, amen, that we don't want to help anybody else. We don't want to share with what God is doing for us. Uh, and as a result, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 16, 18, uh, pride go before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. Amen. They became pride. Uh, they had abundance, uh, but they did nothing with it. Uh, amen. They was not about to help anybody else. Uh, and because they allowed pride to get into their hearts, uh, because they did not desire to help anyone else, then they began to commit abomination before God. Uh, amen. They was wide open before Him. They did not strengthen anybody. They didn't try to help anybody else. Uh, and as a result, God took notice. Uh, amen. You see, prosperity is always will test your character. When things start going good, be careful. Because it will test your character every time. Abraham Lincoln says, if you want to see a man's character, give him power. Let me say that again. You want to see a man's character, you give him power. Amen. See, I, the vessel, if I, if I had a vessel, uh, made a vessel, I, I don't know if the vessel is going to leak until I fill it with something. It's the same way. You can't determine a man until you fill him with something. If pride gets into your heart, you can begin to rest assured that there's going to be a fall. You need to realize here that God desires us uh, to be what He desires of us to be. Uh, and everything that God gives us uh, is to elevate and advance uh, the kingdom of God. Like the church of Laodicea in the book of Revelation chapter 3. Amen. The Lord says, I know thy works, uh, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So then, because thou art luke warm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth, because thou says I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knoweth not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Here's another church that is said, I don't need anything. Somewhat like Sodom and Gomorrah, they were so abundant with so many things, amen, that they felt they didn't need anybody else or they didn't need anything. And now, in the book of Revelation, here's the church of Laodicea. They're lukewarm. They're right in the middle. They're not cold. They're not hot. And God says, I wish you was either one or the other because you can't be double-minded. Amen. You're going to have to be cold or you're going to be hot. And God says, amen, because you think you've got it all together, you don't see that you're wretched. You're miserable. You're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. Paul says if this gospel be hid, is hid to them who's lost and whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the glorious gospel of Christ should be revealed unto them. 
So Abraham sets the land before Lot and he says, choose. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. I don't want to have any division. Joshua says in Joshua 24, 15, if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, then choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Elijah summons the people up on Mount Carmel and he says, how long have you had two opinions? If God be God, then serve him. If Baal be God, then serve him. It comes to a point that we have to choose who we're going to serve. Jesus says you cannot serve two masters for either you will love the one and hate the other or either you will despise the one and hold to the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. We must get to a point uh, that we serve God with all our heart, uh, mind, soul, and strength. Uh, We don't lean to our own understanding. The Bible tells us in all our ways to acknowledge Him and He will direct our paths. Amen. But notice here, the Bible lets us know something about Lot. The Bible lets us know that He pitched His tent towards Sodom. Did Lot not consider Sodom? Was he not aware of Sodom and Gomorrah? The Bible lets us know that they were wicked and sinners exceedingly. But yet he pitched his tent that direction. So I study and I was looking and I, I tried to figure out why was there such an emphasis placed on the way that he pitched his tent. Why did we need to even know which way he pitched his tent? He was just told to choose the land, the way you wanted to live with your livestock. But why would the Bible want us, you and me, in the 21st century to know what direction he pitched his tent? It's to give us a wake-up call uh, to realize that the direction we point uh, will sooner or later pull us that direction. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I don't think God had a purpose, a problem with him choosing the land. I don't think God had a problem with him saying, hey, this would be better for me and my family and for my possessions as well. Water is green, is pretty. Who wouldn't do that? that. But the Bible lets us know that he pitched his tent towards Sodom. And as a result, it wasn't long before he found himself inside of that wicked city. Maybe Lot thought, hey, I'm grown enough. I'm a grown man. I can handle the temptation. I can handle what is going on down there. There's no big deal. Peter even tell us, Peter would write, write many years later that Lot, he calls him a righteous man. He says, Lot was inside of Sodom, and this righteous man vexed his soul from day to day, hearing them speaking, and all the perversion and things around him. In other words, Lot was frustrated. He was worried. He was doing all this stuff, sitting there, doing nothing. But it starts with the way he pitched his tent. He pitched his tent that way. 
And when God sends the angels to deliver him out, where's Lot? He's sitting in the gate. You see, in olden times, in the gate was where decisions were rendered. It was the place that decisions were made. It was the place that you went to get the latest news of what was transpiring and what was taking place. In most cases, those that sat in the, in the gate was those in charge of the city. And you need to realize something here about this story as you study it more and you look. He's inside of the city. He's in the gate. He's making decisions. And when the angel shows up and they try to get him out of the city. He doesn't want to leave the city. He has put stakes down now inside of the city of wickedness and excess sinners and he don't want to leave. And the angels try to tell him God is going to destroy the city, but he doesn't make a move. He's done nothing to try to change the environment. And the angels asked him, do you have any more children here? He goes out and he tells his son-in-laws, you need to get out of the city. God is going to destroy the city. But they begin to mock him. They begin to laugh at him. But notice Peter calls him a righteous man. How could he be a righteous man and not save anybody? How can he be a righteous man and not be prepared his family for such situations? How could he be a righteous man and not get out of that place knowing that it's exceeding wicked and filled with sinners beyond measure that continue excessively sin before God open some of the commentaries began to let you and I know if you study them that the wickedness and the sin inside of that city was so debauchery there was much incest taken on there was drunkards they was fornicating with one another they was trading back and forth it was really a bad place and Lot is right in the center with his family. And it all started in the direction he pitched his tent. When the angels tried to get him out, they had to pull him out. They had to take him by the hand and they had to drag him out of the city. He didn't want to leave. He had been there so long. He has become so corrupt that when the men knocks on his door to try to have a relationship with the angels that came into the city, Lot tried to give them his daughters. What corruption. What wickedness and evil had attached itself to him. And they had to lead him out. By the hand, they had to pull him out. His wife had become so attached to the city, amen, that she looked back as she heard the screams. The Bible doesn't say she heard the screams, but she looked back as she became a pillar of salt, amen. And the angels tried to hasten him to get to a mountain, get to the higher grounds, get up higher, get out of this place, because God is going to destroy it. And when God destroyed Sodom, in Gomorrah, the Bible lets us know, amen, that the daughters uh, of Sodom, uh, I mean of Lot, uh, amen, they began to say to the, the, the one another, amen, there's no more men left. 
So let's get our dad drunk. And let's have sex with him and birth some kids. Incest. They incest two nations, Admon and Moabites. The Ammonites and the Moabites was birthed out of that. Where does children learn such things? Because he sat there in that city and did nothing to educate them, to show them the right ways of God. He's listed as a righteous man. How could your daughters wind up knowing how to commit incest and to get you drunk? Amen. Because they watch what was going on inside of that city of wickedness. I come to tell you today, don't you let your kids sit there and watch that television over and over and over. Don't let them participate in the debauchery and the things that is going on in this world today. Because it will eventually take hold of them in their hearts and in their minds. You must bring them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Set their hearts right towards the kingdom of God. Set their hearts right for the things of God. Don't let the world educate your children in the ways of the world, but you take a stand and you educate them in the things and the ways of God. Don't set your tent towards the world. Don't set your tent towards the things of this world. Jesus Christ said this world is going to pass away. John says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We must put godly things inside of our children and inside of their lives to show them the right way so that they can live the right way and be what God and desire for them to be. Which way is your tent pitched? It's all about direction. Amen. Don't allow Amen. Your lives uh, to follow the pattern of the world that God wants us to see. Amen. And that's what the Lord has spoken to me. It's all about the direction. Amen. That he pitched uh, his tent. Amen. He doesn't pitch it the right way. Amen. From the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. You need to pitch your tent towards the rising of the sun. So when God comes up in the morning, he's ready to be praised. When he goes down in the evening, you are giving him praise. Amen. You don't want to pitch your tent the wrong way. Amen. Because where your tent is or where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He wind up in this place. Amen. That he should never have been. Amen. You wonder why so many politicians that are supposed to be Christians wind up falling into all this debauchery and everything is because they set their tent towards that direction. Show me one politician that run and say, you vote for me and I'm going to go against sin and I'm going to root out sin. You don't find them, do you? You don't find it. See, but that should be the rule. If I'm righteous, 
if I say that I'm conservative, if I say that I'm a child of God, then I should be implementing laws and things uh, to bring about godliness in the nation uh, and to bring about righteousness and holiness uh, in the nation. Amen. I don't want any more filth. I'm tired of the filth. Amen. That's going on in the world today. But I know a God. uh, Amen. That I can get a hold of. uh, That I can seek with prayer. Amen. And I can call upon His name. uh, And I can ask Him for His help uh, to rid our nation uh, and to rid homes and people of corruptions and wrongdoing. Uh, amen. I've got a God, uh, amen, that I believe uh, that will hear our prayer and change things around. Uh, but it starts with me setting my tent uh, in the right directions uh, to the Lord. Amen. I want to know, amen, that I'm in the right directions. Uh, I want my direction. There is a way that seemeth right uh, to a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. Uh, Lot probably felt, uh, I'm putting it in the right way, but notice what it brought. It brought death. Uh, it brought life. Uh, the destruction to life. Amen. When he could have been so much better. I don't read where he preached one sermon about God. And Peter calls him a righteous man. He said he vexed his soul from day Today, he sat there hearing, the Bible said, what was going on and made no move, did nothing. God forbid that we go to church and we hear over and over and over and do nothing. When you leave here today, you make sure your tent uh, is preached uh, and pitched in the right direction. Amen. Because you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. uh, And one day this tent uh, is going to have to be folded up. Uh, One day I'm going to have to fold up this tent uh, and I'm going to have to get out of here. Uh, Amen. Sometimes it might require me now to fold up my tent and move somewhere else. Uh, If it's debauchery and wrong and sin is going on, I may have to move out of that. Uh, Amen. I cannot allow myself uh, to be saturated with the sins of this world. Paul says in Romans 6, know you not uh, that so many of us uh, that was baptized into Jesus Christ, was baptized into his death. There were we are buried with him by baptism, that like as Christ was raised from the dead, even so we shall walk in newness uh, of life. For we have been planted together and the likeness of his death we should be also in the likeness of his resurrection we need to set our tents uh, towards heaven uh, Jesus says and Paul says amen where your treasure is that's where your heart's going to be Paul says if you have been risen with Christ then seek those things above where Christ is sitting on the right hand of God set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth for your dead and your life is here with Christ and God and when Christ shall appear then shall we reign and be with him forever and ever I've got to set my tent where I'm going I'm going to a city where there'll be no more night I'm going to a city where Jesus is the light the trumpet's going to sound and I'm going to be called away I'm going to a city someday praise God which way is your tent preached 
Which way are you aiming right now? I hear people say all the time, oh, that don't matter. You know, oh, you don't have to do that to be saved. I don't think that matters. When you start thinking like that, your tent is in the wrong direction. Your tent's in the wrong direction. Because the Bible tells you and I, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you to myself. Therefore, dearly beloved, having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit and perfect holiness and the fear of Almighty God. Amen. Don't get into that attitude that it's okay. Don't get into that attitude. Amen. Just because it seems right, just because it might look right. Amen. Paul says, I feel lest by any mean as the serpent beguile leave through his subtility so your mind will be corrupt from the simplicity that is in Jesus Christ. Uh, don't let the enemy deceive you. This know also in the last days uh, perilous times are going to come uh, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Uh, amen. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, covetous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, incontinent, Fires, fires, despises of those that are good, traitor, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this such are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sin, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Our tents must be pitched to where we're going. Amen. So that when I come out in the morning, I come out ready to praise. When I go down in the evening, I go down with praise. From the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, the Lord's name has got to be praised. Set your tent towards God. Amen. And not towards the things of this world. Let's stand this morning. Amen. Which way is your tent? pitch today <laughs> do you know the direction you're in do you know the direction of your tent where's your tent amen don't sit there and be annoyed by the things of the world but change your directions it's easy to get drawn into the complaints and get drawn into the things of the world that's what the world wants. That's what keeps bombarding your mind. Bombarding, excuse me, your mind with so much stuff is because it's trying to pull you that direction. And if you're not careful, that's where you'll wind up. If you start complaining about the things of the world, your tent is heading in that direction. See? But you are called to make a difference. Jude says on some make a difference, pulling them out of the fire, hating even their garments spotted by the flesh. But you, beloved, keep yourself in the love of God, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep your relationship with God solid and intact because that lets you know as long as you are intact with God, your tent is always in the right direction. It would have been easy for Abraham to choose and to pitch his tent that way but no 
at the lot and leaves, God tells them to look out and I will bless you. I will give you, amen, the things you have need of. And even God says of Abraham, I know he will command his children after me. Every born again believer must have the same comment from God. I know he will train and teach his children after me. Don't pitch your tent towards this world. Amen. Don't let others pull you. Don't let others draw you. Don't let others tell you holiness is wrong. Don't let others tell you, amen, that you don't have to do certain things uh, to be saved. uh, But keep your tent pointed uh, in the right direction. Because it will make a difference. Amen. In the end, be ye not unyokely yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion have light with darkness? And what concord have Christ with Belial? Or what part have he that believe with an infidel? And what agreement have the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean things. And I will receive you and will be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and my daughters. What a promise. Amen. What a mighty promise. An almighty God gives us that he will be our father. Amen. Praise God. Which way is your tent pitched this morning? Let's search ourselves. Ask yourself right now, which way is your tent pitched? If there's doubt, then you've got an opportunity to change your tent direction. You've got an opportunity this morning to change your directions. Amen. In the direction that you need to go. They asked Peter on the day of Pentecost, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises to you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words did he testify and exalt, saying, Save yourselves from this untowards generation. And they that gladly received his word was baptized, and there was added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking the bread and prayer. Amen. It starts with changing your directions. That's what repentance is. Uh, It's turning around. You recognize I'm heading the wrong directions and turning around uh, and go back the other direction. Set your tent in a whole different direction. Amen. Which way is your tent pitched? If you want to come and pray here, you can. Amen. If not, amen. Praise God. And I pray that your tent is always pitched in the right direction. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.